Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hello and welcome to It's Complicated, the podcast to help you untangle your relationship with your phone. Well, we've all been pushed around. I'm Tanya Goodin. And each week, I'll be talking to my guests about how they manage the relationship with the tiny tyrant in their pocket. We'll be talking about how our phone habits affect our work, our lives and our loves, and about what our relationship with our phone might just tell us about our relationship with ourselves. Well, we've all been swept away. If you want help and you want hope, You've come to the right place. This is It's Complicated. Lost everything you tried to say Cause we've all been swept away, yeah This week I'm talking to journalist and presenter Tim Lovejoy. Tim was the man behind football show Soccer AM and has been the presenter of the very popular Sunday Brunch on Channel 4 since 2012. A man of many talents, Tim famously got the word bounce-backability introduced into the Oxford English Dictionary, beat Gaza, Paul Gascoigne, at table tennis and was threatened by superstar rapper Eminem. So, Tim, great to be chatting to you today. The reason I wanted to get you on the podcast is because I was watching Sunday Brunch last weekend and I saw that clip about the kids with their iPads yeah, on the secret life of five-year-olds when they couldn't look up from their iPads yep. when someone brought food in the room. And you, when you were introducing that piece, you said that you thought you were addicted to your phone. I don't think I'm addicted. I know I'm addicted. Well, I did a bit of Googling and I found an interview from 2016 yep. where you said, my greatest weakness is surfing the internet. I'm addicted to information, admittedly most of it useless, and it's a total addiction. I've had to delete all the apps on my phone because I was spending all my time looking at my phone rather than my surroundings. So it's been going on for some time. Do you, do you yeah, still my, have all your apps deleted? How are you coping with yeah, it? Yeah, I, I struggle. I, I, my addiction with information started, I remember it vividly. I was working at Sky Sports and 
we had TVs on our desks and there was 24 hour news. And I remember Versace dying and all they did was kept showing a helicopter shot of blood splattered on, on the, the streets doorstep. of, of yeah. Miami. Yeah. Someone had shot him. Was it shot? I think it was shot. Yeah, they did shoot him. And they just yeah. kept going backwards and there was no new information. Yeah, I was watching over and over again people talking with no new information at all and thinking, oh, I'm really enjoying this. And then 24-hour news on sport was happening and I just was sucking information and the smartphone happened and I could get even more information. And I just became absolutely obsessed with it. But I'm aware of it and everybody else I, uh, I talked to goes, no, I'm fine, I'm in control of my phone. I'm just, I'm literally not. It, the, the, I grayscale my phone so I turn it black and white. Often, Always? No. No. I have it on a shortcut. Yeah. And if I don't do it, <laughs> like I forget to do it sometimes. And the colours and the lights. And the, I know yeah. I sound childish, but they just attract me no, in. It's I, not childish. That's how, what in. they're designed to do. We can't, I don't think we could beat ourselves up about it because that is exactly what they're designed to but do. But I don't think there's some sort of evil thing that they're designed to suck us in. I think they're just designed well. And because they're designed so well, it makes it exciting for us. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I, I don't think it's evil, but I think it's the business. It's the economic imperative. The reason why they're so seductive is because all those software manufacturers and hardware manufacturers make their money out of us spending more time online. So you know. <clears throat> yeah, but it's our fault. Well, is it? Cause yeah, we're... because we've got no attention span. So take news media, for instance. It's become all about who's the quickest. Yeah. Not who's the most accurate with their news. Who can get the most clicks? Who can be cut? I remember writing a column years ago on sports and I was told, mm, it's not really black and white enough. And I, I pointed out that life is not black and white. It's grey. But unless you sensationalise everything, unless it's controversial, then no one's interested. And there's no money left in people buying newspapers and reading long columns and things like that. So there's no point in doing them. <laughs> yeah, it's all link bait. I mean, it's all BuzzFeed's fault, isn't it? If you, if you, Although there's lots of things I admire about no, BuzzFeed. It's, it's not, I don't think it is BuzzFeed's fault. I think it's our fault. You must have gone onto a YouTube video, seen an ad running and going, I can't be bothered to watch a 15 second ad or a 30 second yeah. ad. Unless that thing comes up going, click in five seconds. Yeah. You have not even got the attention span to go, I can do it. And so with my addiction to my mobile phone, I've realized that I have an addiction to actually be bothered to sit down and pay attention to something. And that is also a problem. So I'm trying my hardest with my children, especially when you sit down with them to actually engage, look at them and talk. The five-year-old, perfect. We do it, we sit and we have great time. The 17-year-old, well, they're 16, the bad big 17-year-olds, impossible because they're gone. I was going to ask you about that, because obviously you've got two girls with a 10-year gap with your youngest. Yeah. So what difference have you noticed in kind of how they're using phones and screens? Well, the youngest one doesn't have any She access. doesn't have anything, Well, yeah. I don't know, I'm not with their mums, but I don't know what access she has with, with her mum, but I, the, the, my children were taught very early, can't touch my keys, can't touch my watch, can't touch my phone, right? <laughs> and bizarrely, I like it, that. <laughs> it works. And everyone I see goes, oh, God, my kids dropped my phone or my kids have got, lost my keys. I think, well, you're mad. Just tell them early, that's not negotiable. Yeah. Watches, keys, phones, not negotiable. Everything else, you could, you could do it. But So the five-year-old doesn't do it. The 16, 17-year-olds, they're adults, they're humans. I'm their parent, but it's their life now. 
And it, it would be like my parents telling me that I couldn't watch ITV when I was a kid. BBC versus ITV, yeah. or, or you're watching too much children's TV. And not Get, enough documentaries. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> or, you know, this is what you should be doing. And I think with with them, I have to let them go. And it's I was away with them recently. We went on snowboarding, the three of us. It's painful. I have to, my blood boils because they cannot stop looking at their phone. Even snowboarding? Oh, no, when they're in the mountains, they're Okay, fine. so they left them behind. It's, it's, or... inc- it's incredible, actually, when you actually do an activity and you yeah. have to concentrate, otherwise you're going to crash. You don't look at your phone. But as soon as we arrive, anywhere, should we go for a coffee or a hot chocolate in their case? Yeah, yeah let's do it. As soon as they arrive, they go, is there Wi-Fi here? <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's actually amazing. Like, you're in the Alps, right? It's, it's beautiful. Do we need to? And they go and they're, and they're laughing and they're on their their Snapchat groups or whatever they do. It's I'm seeing more and more families actually going away on holidays that involve an activity where you cannot use a phone for exactly that reason. So, you know, snowboarding, skiing, sailing, anything to do with water. Because it's the, the problem- only chance they get to actually wrench yeah. the kids away from the devices. Mm. But, you you know, you can fight your kids or you can just accept that that's, it's life now and it is part of their life. And I don't like it. I think they're missing out. But then I probably was when I got addicted to EastEnders or Neighbours years ago. It stole a bit of my life. And our phones and technology and computers, I'm also addicted to my computer and going on to Reddit and everything else, sucking in information. They all, they're all stealing our lives. So you said in 2016 that you deleted all the apps on your mm. phone. Presumably that's not the case now. Have you, have you let some back or are there some that you just well, think, I can't risk having them there? See, the problem is I'm podcasting and it's my, this is where I become very hypocritical. I'm obsessed with podcasting because it's long form interviews. Mm, I yeah. love long form interviews. I think it's the future and I want to spread the word of them. So that involves Instagram and Twitter. I've got 670,000 followers on Twitter, so that's a good place to get to them. So I have to now consciously go... I'm so bad at it because I like reading. I don't like providing the content. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I like doing. I like reading the content of other people and looking. I don't want to provide it myself, but that's what I have to do. So I provide content and then I read other people's content and then I try and interact, but then I get caught in the loop. So I end up listening to what someone's got to say and getting infuriated by it, you know. So when you're using social media, are you just using it to promote the podcast, Sunday Brunch? What's the kind of overlap between you as a person and you as a brand presenter? Yeah, well, I would like to say that's what I'm doing, but, uh, but I don't. I start by saying... I'm just here to promote my wares and say, look, you can listen to podcasts and they're long form and they're great and watch my show on Sunday brunch. I really enjoy doing that. However, I just get caught in it. I'm being really honest here because I think it's, I could lie and say, oh no, I've really got it under control. I haven't. As soon as I go on Twitter to post something, I'll have a quick look. And yeah. then I'm stuck it's in it. It's a black it. hole Twitter, isn't I'm it? I'm stuck in it. And Susan Zairi said, because he talks a lot about this, the comedian, American comedian, yeah. Uh, he said, what, what we all should really do is every single time we go online on phones and computers, we should print out that page we've just looked at, put it all together, and then spend the evening looking at what we actually bothered to look at for the whole day. It would be really boring reading. But you've got the lights, you've got the colours, you've got the noises. And the thing about it is 
it is actually doing something to our brains. Yeah, it's absolutely According is. to that yeah. guy on my show the other day, it's rewarding our brains. So we're rewarding ourselves all the time. But I, I think, and I don't know this for a fact, but I imagine if you're rewarding your brain all the time, you're going to get tired. And I notice with me, I get a huge fatigue if I spend too long on my phone, on my computer. And I'm in denial about it, but I do. And I watch my children and I think they get huge fatigue. They get ratty and irritable if they've spent a day watching their phones and stuff. But I think it's so stimulating. We get kind of adrenal fatigue when yeah. we've been doing it for too long. Definitely. And I've seen lots of examples. I, I think I was like that myself when I was working exclusively online. I definitely had more of that kind of burnout feeling than I do now. So do you take, ever take any breaks? From yeah, I mean, I've, I'm really aware of it also. It's tough because it's part of life. Though I, I do think it's stealing life. The idea that you wake up in the morning and then try and distract yourself from living. Mm, that's what we're all doing. If I can get deep for a minute. I had this horrific conversation with, well, not horrific, but horrible conversation really with a friend of mine who I work with. And I said, uh, when you get on the tube to commute, just don't do anything. Just live. And here's all your listeners turning off because they're going, he's getting <laughs> deep and trippy here. But to so just live, just watch everybody and look and, lo- and realise you look. And he went, my commute to him is 40 minutes long. And I went, so what you're trying to do is you're trying to take your 40 minutes commute and turn it into such distraction that you don't notice it. So you're trying to lose 40 minutes of your life. Yeah. He's going, but it's an ideal opportunity to watch a series of something. I've done this this year, which people are laughing at. I've done a Netflix detox because it occurred to me <laughs> that I was getting anxiety that I hadn't watched all the shows that everyone's talking about on Netflix. I've got too much now to do and it's just frustrating me because for my podcast... I read all the books and I, I insist that I've read the book before I interview people because I think people don't do any research on these no. podcasts I'm listening to. And so, you know, they, hey, your book is, uh, especially some of the American yeah. guys, yeah. And you think, <laughs> you've not read it, just read the book for God's sake. So I, I, I started doing two or three podcasts a week and I realised I wasn't able to read the books. So I'm now making sure I have to say to all the people who want to come on and say I've, you've got to give me a few weeks because I've got to read your book first and I've got to um, I'm sitting here looking at a big pile of books oh, that you've got just, I'm just obsessively reading books so I, that's what I try to do instead of Netflix I'm, this is my uh, next one I'm doing Catherine Mannix who's talking about death I'm obsessed with death at the moment Well, death is a good way of reminding ourselves that we shouldn't be wasting our time. Because one of the people I interviewed recently for the podcast said he's got a countdown clock of how many minutes he's got left until a kind of national dying. And he said that helps him when he's actually, you know, frittering away 30 minutes or so or getting sucked down. You know, and and it's a bit macabre, isn't it? But he said it really works because he thinks what we're doing is wasting time. The the one thing that's always stuck in my mind is I did a bit of reading of Buddhism and they always say you have to meditate for 10 minutes every day unless you're really too busy, then meditate for an hour. (laughs) And I I always do that now. So if I'm too busy, I go, right, do nothing. So if I get anxious and like the Netflix thing, I've got so much to watch, I won't watch any of it. And you know what? I've never watched The Sopranos. I've never watched The Wire. And it's not affected my life, even though I understand they are both amazing, brilliant pieces of drama. But I've never seen them. It doesn't matter. I've never seen Dirty Dancing. I've never seen Officer and a Gentleman. I've never seen Top Gun. Oh, you've got so, to see some of those. <laughs> so I've never seen them all. And I don't think it's really affected my life that much. But yeah. we, we've become ang- anxious that we're FOMO. We're, we're missing out on it all. I think we've just got to be more conscious about curating our online experiences. Because, you know, 20 years ago, we just didn't have that choice. That volume, you know, that depth of choice. And now... 
as you said right at the beginning, we could just get overwhelmed by the amount of information and choices. Yes, definitely. There is too much. I read a book, I can't remember, I'm just desperately searching through my brain for the title of it. It was about a man and he was looking after this woman who was dying in a hospice. And the two things which really struck me is she was watching Coronation Street one day and he just used to sit with her and she was a miserable old woman. That's the whole point of the book. She was sort of a, a misery guts and her daughter wasn't talking to her anymore and all that sort of stuff. And she sat looking at Coronation Street one night and went, that box has stolen so much in my life. Because whilst you're living other people's lives, whoever it be, you know, someone in Corrie or someone on Netflix, something, while you're watching their lives and living their lives, you're not living your own, which I keep on telling my children. It's like, rather than becoming obsessed with the Kardashians, which they are, yeah, hate the, they, don't like yeah. the, they don't like the Kardashians, but they're still obsessed with them. I said, stop living their lives and try and live your own. Don't give away your life to live their lives. Their lives are irrelevant. But Dad, look all the money they've got. And I'm like, oh, so what? It's like, it's sort of slightly irrelevant but the other thing is towards the end of her life when she was slightly in denial about dying eventually it dawned on her she was terminal she was dying and then she had clarity about living because she's when you're when you're about to die you realize going onto buzzfeed is the last thing you care about you don't give a damn about a kardashian if you're about to die they don't come into your life mm. at all and you don't care about buying a Mercedes or going on another holiday or a, the summer session Ibiza or up a mountain skiing or whatever. You don't care about any of it. All you care about is what's around you, the immediate now. And you basically hit mindfulness, <laughs> but you're forced into it because you suddenly are aware of living right now and nothing else matters. I think you become very reflective. And the, sadly, the reflection could be... Oh my God, how much time did I spend on Twitter? Yeah. How much time did I spend on Instagram and <laughs> Netflix? And oh my God, so I watched The Wire. One of my friends has watched The Sopranos four times. Four times. They probably like, need to get out more. I like, have you not forgotten? <laughs> have you forgotten what happened in it? Why are you watching it? My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in person payments. Then, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe came along and changed everything. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, I streamline my payment process effortlessly. Now I can accept in-person, contactless payments right from my iPhone. No extra hardware required. What's truly remarkable is how I can cater to all of my customers' payment preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe ensure a smooth checkout experience every time. And it's not just me. Stripe helps businesses of all sizes, from local markets to global retailers, scale quickly and stay agile. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's interesting you just mentioned the Kardashians and celebrity culture, because I remember last summer there was a bit of a kind of fuss when Will I Am got his smartphone out in the middle of Sunday brunch. Do you remember? Mm. And everyone was kind of complaining about it. I really notice him every show he's on, he's glued to his phone. I was wondering what you'd noticed about the kind of people you've interviewed over the years and how their smartphone habits have changed, worsened. Are you talking about celebrity? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Will I Am's the king of it all. I was introduced him by a time traveller, lives in the future, Will I Am, because he's, he's right on it. He's on the money on all these things. He did tell me, though, that he's very good at turning his phone off. So he's yeah. very good at doing that sort of thing. I don't want to be... When I'm presenting TV, I did, a, I did a stage. I remember Richard Bacon being one of the first who used to tweet in ad breaks and stuff. And, and there was a strange relationship everyone had with that, especially me being a broadcaster. I'm like, he's not taking the show seriously. Why the hell is he doing that? Christ, I'm, you know, I'm a professional. Then I understood the logic behind it, and I started doing it for a while. But what would happen is that I would read stuff about me and it would mean that I was starting to present for people on Twitter. So you were reading it while you were presenting yeah, the show. Yeah, and people are not nice often mm. online. So they feel that they can say horrible things to you. And the more successful and the more famous you become, the more people will say horrible things to you. And I'd be halfway through a TV show and I'd be feeling terrible. Because I, as I always say, and I've said it lots on my podcast, that I used to think I was thick-skinned. And then I realised I'm not. I actually don't think many people are thick-skinned. They, someone like Piers Morgan is. He doesn't mind. But someone like me, I hate it. So someone gives it. And it's not because I sit there and go in the corner of the room and start crying. It's I want to rip their heart out. They've said something nasty about me and I want to tear their head off. That's, I get furious and angry. It's like, no, you don't understand me. Of course they don't. They're just watching this guy, this fictitious guy on TV. They have no relationship with me. So they say nasty things, but it affects you. And I worked for a while with a... TV presenter, I won't say who, they asked me to come in and do some helping them, train them a bit. And they were getting absolutely hammered. And I noticed that he started presenting for the people, the trolls. Mm. And I was going, stop doing it. Literally, there was a series, there was, I was saying, just get rid of your phone for this series. And concentrate, because, but I'm connected and they're my fans and I've got to do And it was this, this thing that if you disconnect from them that's it you're going to lose all your opportunity whilst you're on tv meanwhile you're not doing your job because your job is you're now presenting to the trolls it's very hard not to yeah so you watch anybody it's like, the loudest voice isn't it yeah. you respond to that so yeah. you watch any of the celebrities so uh, say gary lineker talks about refugees he ends up talking to the people who are angry about him talking about refugees rather than just ignoring them or whatever way your views are, if, or if Piers Morgan talks about Winston Churchill, he ends up talking to the trolls about Winston, because that's what you end up doing. You end yeah. up talking to the people who are anti your views. And then you're, you start becoming obsessed that way. It's, it's a very strange relationship we have. And the people, I don't respond to anyone who's negative to, towards me now. I'm like Disney, I've decided that. You know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have negativity on my feeds. So there's plenty of people who say nasty things about me, but I don't respond to it. I just think... So do you think it does affect the performance then of presenters? Yeah, If they're 100%. checking, particularly during a show. Yeah. So do you not do that? You just completely oh, have no. your phones switched off? Oh, no, I turn it off. off. 
And I, I, I will not look at Twitter. I do sometimes because I'm, so I'm addicted and if I've got a spare minute, I will. But I, tr I try not to look at Twitter for a good couple of hours afterwards because there's always something I'd have said which would have offended someone. We live, in a, we live in a world where people want to be offended. So I'd have said something spurious and they'd go, oh, God, you've offended someone. So I don't, don't bother looking because it annoys me. I've been reading a lot recently about sportsmen and women and how they deal with social media. And I, and I was wondering what what you've noticed. You know, famously, you were part of Soccer AM back in the 90s. Yeah. So what, what do you think smartphones and social media have done to sport? Well, interesting. The first thing I can say about that is I used to tweet during football matches and people used to say to me years ago, they used to say, well, you're obviously not a real fan because you're tweeting during football matches. <laughs> then you step forward two or three. I, um, I and now everyone does. <laughs> well, tw Twitter sent me a thing the other day saying it was my 10-year anniversary on Twitter. Um, or someone, someone app sent me a thing saying that. Um, uh, this is literally two weeks ago. And so I was tweeting during football, then step forward another two or three years. If I wasn't tweeting during football, people started saying, yeah, what, are you not you? a fan? Yeah. You're not watching the match. What are you doing? I started my relationship with Twitter bizarrely. I used to just sit on, I thought it was just a sort of way of promoting yourself. And, and I also thought it was a way of being creative. So I used to just say, hey, I'm out drinking cocktails. I was sitting on my sofa. I used to make up like, <laughs> and stories. I thought that was what it was. And then it suddenly became really apparent. No, it's actually, you've got to be real. It's, they want the real you. And it's all about what you're literally doing now. The problem with social media, as I say, with sport, is everything you say, someone hates you, right? So if you're, even if you're, you know, you're a, a pole vaulter, someone will be a, hate you for being a pole vaulter or tell you your crap or whatever if you go into something which is tribal like football mm. then one word i mean there's i don't know yeah we always go we don't get access to footballers anymore well no can i swear on your podcast yeah. no <laughs> no shit you don't get access to them because all they've got to do is say one word and the opposition fans just come hurtling through and hammer them they can't do or say anything so they're know? much more cautious do you think because of that because they, they can get, get attacked they more get easily. caught out yeah, and then the managers don't like it, and the and the clubs don't like it, and the, the everyone doesn't like them talking on it. And then they do. I remember Wayne Rooney signing up to do a commercial thing on it, and then they, everyone was going, "Well, you've just lost the game. How are you doing commercial activity? You're not allowed to do that because it shows disrespect for fans." It's such a minefield for sportsmen. It's good for them to the the sort of obsession with building your brand constantly i don't know if you're earning half a million quid a week well you need to build a brand exactly. you just need to take the money and stick it in the bank but but they need to build their brand so they, so they need to do social media they want to do it but i don't know what the future holds but i think more of them will spend less time on it i think in the future i think that's actually going to happen because i think we are seeing a little bit of a backlash and people being more cautious about what they say and more kind of guarded i was listening to your podcast earlier on this week with Jason Fox and yeah. he was talking about the effect of smartphones on the military and how when they used to go on operations they used to be able to switch off and focus completely on the job mm. and now they've got that constant connection with home and I was thinking about 
cricketers on tour mm. um, and you know all sportsmen when they go away and how that might potentially be affecting performance across whole other you know areas of life yeah and it goes it circles right back to your original point about focus and concentration doesn't it I mean in sport you've got to be able to completely focus on what you're doing mm. in order to perform at a high level well Jason discussed relationships a lot on that and I think that's a real problem for people this day and age is years ago what you don't know doesn't hurt you and now you're sitting there going on Instagram and you're say you're a cricketer or something this is just a potential I'm not saying this is actually happening yeah. but it's a potential <laughs> I know Jason talked about it actually he happens did, yeah. in the special forces yeah. you're in the special forces you look on Instagram or Twitter and you can see that your partners are out and then there's a, another guy there or whatever and your brain starts playing tricks or, or the reality sits in that the person's not sitting at home waiting for you they're actually out you're about to you know come in contact with the enemy and maybe lose your life but everyone about uh, else at home is down with the spoons you know <laughs> whatever they're doing you know it's, so it's 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 tough social media is tough it it's yeah. an amazing tool but it's complicated <laughs> certainly is we could definitely talk for at least another hour yeah. but i just want to finish i've got three questions i'm asking people at the end of each episode Firstly, what's the one thing you'd like to say to people listening about their phone habits? What would you like them to know? Be aware. Awareness of what you're doing and how often you're using it. I think they're not going away and I think we need them. But just be aware. Try and and notice and have some time away from it. If you're trying to watch TV shows, or definitely if you're a parent, you've got children, just turn it off, stick it away for a while. And then you'll just realise that you... you <laughs> it's so bizarre me saying this because it's such a struggle for me to do this. But you realise that when you can focus on something, it, it opens, you start living again. Remember that with your phone, you're a zombie. You're not living. You're living the life of the phone. Try and be alive again and live by just removing the phone from you. But not 100% because I think they're important tools now. Yeah. Have you got a top tip you haven't shared already about you know how you get a better balance? I know you've talked about grayscale. Grayscale, yeah. You've talked about some of the apps you've taken off. Is there anything else you do that you think helps um, you just get a better balance with it? Definitely the morning routine of. I think they see they whenever I've read so, so many help self help books and they always say never have the phone in the bedroom and I'm so I was like okay I'll just take the phone out of the bedroom. And I'm like, oh. Bugger, I need my alarm. And my alarm, see, smartphones are amazing. My smartphone has a compass on it and it has a measuring thing yeah. on it. And it has, I mean, it and has light. I find the light, light on my smartphone really useful. It's everything on it. I don't want to get rid of my smartphone, yeah. but understand that when your alarm goes off in the morning, hit it, stop it when it goes off, and then leave it. And then just try and have a little bit of time to yourself for you the first thing in the morning. So you're not. You're, you're consciously trying to not check it first thing in the morning to yes, do other things. Or yeah. the computer. Yeah. Or the news. Yeah. Remember, it's twenty when, when we were younger, it was news at six or ten or nine or whatever. Yeah, and that was it, it wasn't it? That was where you got your news from or turn on the radio. Try, I've been doing recently, this year though, it, it, admittedly, I don't know how long it will last for, as I say, I'm a hypocrite, but, but no Netflix, no, nothing in the morning, just glass of water seriously and then think oh, slice I, of lemon maybe I don't even do that I think glass of water and I think what am I going to do for the day and then I sit and ponder it and I don't put the radio on I don't put the because t- I always listen to music in the morning and I just try and try and do it but I think it's it's becoming really it feels amazing to do it's a bit hippie-ish but it feels it does feel amazing to do not to get stuck into my phone and then think where's that hour gone 
And the final question, I think you've answered this in throughout the podcast, but I'd be interested how you sum it up. What do you think you've learned about yourself from your smartphone habits? In what respect? What 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 has the use of your phone revealed to you about who you are? One, I've got a massive thirst for knowledge, which I didn't realise I had, and that has been the beauty of computers. Uh, the idea that I'd go to the library to look something up is, is ludicrous. Yeah. I'd never have done that. I just... At school, I wasn't particularly... Uh, I think I was sort of told I was a bit stupid at school, really. I didn't really get many... I got a few O-levels and left school quite early, went to work in clothes shops and things. And I always felt I was smart, but I never realised how much I wanted to learn and my thirst for knowledge until smartphones and things came along, when I could start looking them up, and especially for me listening to podcasts and watching documentaries and things. I'd, I'd really like it, and, and I think it expanded my brain phenomenally. So that's the good side of it mm. all. I lear- I've learned so much, and I, you know, you pick a subject I can... St- spout some crap at you about it because <laughs> I've got opinions on everything and without the smartphone it wouldn't have it wouldn't have started the podcast revolution yeah I'm fascinated by everybody doing podcasts I'm also fascinated by people thinking they're going to make money out of them <laughs> but I, <laughs> that's I like, a whole other conversation but I like the yeah. idea I, I don't yeah. know how many listeners you have I don't care but if there's a like hundred people listening to this, go. Oh, I mean, I'm intrigued by that. I'm going to think about my thing in a different way. My and the, it's long form journalism. What we were talking about right at the beginning. And it's it's a kind of rebirth, isn't it, of long form journalism? The other day, I said to my to my listeners, I'm really conscious that I haven't put many celebrities on recently. I got quite a lot of easy access to celebrities from my job, and I just keep on putting people who interest me on, like Jason Fox, even though he's a celebrity or you know Bruce Daisley or you know who else we've got you know, someone coming on to talk about death I had someone talk about the, the history of football the other day and the overwhelming response has been no we like the interesting people not the celebrities they don't mind the celebrities if they're mm. interesting but they want to learn everybody wants to learn yeah yeah thank you so much pleasure for chatting with me uh, do follow Tim on Twitter and Instagram which is Tim Lovejoy underscore official on Insta and Tim Lovejoy on Twitter And definitely subscribe to the Dear Lovejoy podcast, which I've been really enjoying. Uh, Not only features the Agony Uncle mailbag episodes, but also some really great interviews with figures from sport, media and popular culture. Mm, And you can also watch that on YouTube. I've put them on YouTube now. Didn't know that. So I start filming them so you can sit and actually watch me talk to people as well as, uh, yeah, so it's just my channel, Tim Lovejoy. So it's there if you want to watch it. Brilliant. Recommend that as well. Thank Thank you very much. Well, we've all been pushed around. Thank you for listening to this episode of It's Complicated. If you haven't already, please do subscribe, rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. It helps other people find us and it means you get a helpful little notification when a new episode becomes available. For more about getting a healthy balance with tech, you can follow me, Tanya Goodin, or Time to Log Off on Instagram and Twitter. And both my books, Off and Stop Staring at Screens, are available on Amazon and at all good bookshops. Finally, for more information about this and other episodes in the podcast series, visit itstimetologoff.com. But in the meantime, from me and from Tim, thanks for listening.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.